Welcome to the program. I'm Jeff Sheckman. Most of you know the story of the scorpion and the frog. A scorpion asks a frog to carry it across the river. The frog hesitates, afraid of being stung by the scorpion. But the scorpion argues that if he did that, they would both drown. The frog thinks the argument sensible and agrees. The scorpion climbs onto the frog's back, and the frog begins to swim. But midway across the river, the scorpion stings the frog, dooming them both. The dying frog asks the scorpion, Why did you sting me? To which the scorpion replies, I couldn't help it. It's in my nature. And so our everyday encounters at work, at home, and on the streets are driven by our nature. Given that, wouldn't it be easier if there were a set of immutable laws to which to understand that human nature? Laws that might have been very helpful for the frog. We're going to talk about this today with my guest, Robert Green. He's the author of the New York Times bestsellers, The 48 Laws of Power, The Art of Seduction, and The 33 Strategies of War. It is my pleasure to welcome Robert Green back to this program to talk about his newest work, The Laws of Human Nature. Robert, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jeff. That's a great anecdote. I, I use that in the 48 Laws of Power. It's, it's really apt for with the new book. Talk about that with respect to the new book and the idea that we conflate our emotional response to things with, our, with, with what is in, in our nature and, and how those two things are related, first of all. Well, um, the idea is that, you know, people who are like scorpions out there, um, and believe me, we all know that they exist. We've all encountered them. They're not easy to identify. They, 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 have, they can be very charming. They can talk a good talk like the scorpion did in the, in the fable. Um, and so we tend to get enmeshed with these people. We get involved with them in our business or in our intimate relationships. And then only later do we discover that they're a scorpion, that they bite us, and that they then cause us a lot of pain. We may even blame ourselves for what happened. And so my book is trying to show you that a lot of this stems from certain qualities in human nature that are wired into our system that go back hundreds of thousands of years that cause behavior that we can almost not even control, that we're almost not even aware of. People who are toxic, who are aggressive, who are narcissistic, who are envious, um, they tell themselves a story. Like the scorpion will tell himself a story like, well, I couldn't really help it. You trusted me. You're naive. They, they have a narrative that justifies their behavior. So they never feel that they are guilty. I want, you, I want to arm the reader with knowledge so that they're not so naive, that they can, they can recognize these kinds of patterns of behavior and these kinds of people out there before they get involved and before they get stung. And explain the ways in which these things can be recognized, the degree to which there are kind of immutable laws, ways of understanding human nature, clues that, that really provide themselves along the way. Well, you know, mostly the problem is you're not paying attention. People are just oozing clues as to who they really are. One of the most key things to look at is their past, their patterns of behavior. So if um, you're hiring someone and uh, that you, you, they have an interview and a resume and they're charming and they talk a good talk, you also want to pay attention to their, their history. To how, Why is it that they've only been at a job for six months? Why do they have these patterns? Why are they being fired for this, that, or the other? Um, if you're in a relationship and you hear someone say, oh, you know, this I've been in, this is my, my fifth uh, marriage and 
And this person, it was, everyone is toxic that I get involved with and blah, blah, blah. They're always playing the victim. You have to step back and wonder, what is it about them that continually has them repeating the same pattern, the same problem over and over again? So people inevitably have patterns of behavior. And you want to research that. You want to look into it. You want to pay attention to it. The other thing I want to arm you with is looking at nonverbal cues. It's estimated that 95% of human communication occurs nonverbally. Uh, so many things are signaled by people through, through their eyes, through their tone of voice, through their body posture, etc. And the reason so much is communicated is that people, if, if you're feeling like negative emotions towards someone, socially we're conditioned to not show that. Because if we show that, then they're going to realize we don't like them and then that it's going to cause problems. So we learn to disguise it. So people never really reveal their true emotions in social life generally. And, but they, they reveal it through their body language, which they can't control so much. So they may say something in which they say, oh, I support you. I like your ideas. But the smile on their face is fake. Their eyes don't light up. Their body language reveals something else. I want to give you signs of that. I want you to look at how people treat other people when they're not in your presence. So how people treat their employees, their, their assistants, etc. Are they abusive to them? They're nice to you, but they're abusive to other people. Well, that says something about their character, about something about them. So people wear masks, they, they, they disguise themselves. And these are a few instances where you can see the mask ripped off. Another good clue is how people respond to stress. Because, you know, in day-to-day -day life, you can appear to be kind of calm and rational and together. But then the moment things heat up, you lose it. And you start acting like a child or you start getting emotional. And people go, wow, I never saw that. I never suspected the person was like that. Well, look at how people respond to stress because that will reveal a lot about who they are, about their character. And then one other thing is how people respond to criticism will tell you a lot. Can a person, are they strong enough inside of themselves to take criticism and learn from it and use it constructively? Or are they so hypersensitive and go into a rage the moment anybody tries to just indicate a possible flaw in their behavior. To what extent does external environment play a role in all of this? That somebody can act one way within a particular environment, a particular set of circumstances, but put them somewhere else, and they might be a different person? Well, that definitely uh, plays a role. I mean, we've all had the, we all had the experience that with certain people, we've, we become very extroverted, and very lively and very funny and charming. And then with other people, we feel very intimidated and fearful. It's not like we've become another person. It says that we have many sides to our personality, to our character, and the circumstances will play a role in that. I mean, I have a chapter in the book on generations on how generations formed you and how so much of your personality comes from the generation you were born into. I call it each generation has its own kind of character, its own kind of personality. It gives you your values. It gives you your sense of humor, etc. If you happen to have been born in a different era, if you had been born a boomer instead of millennial, you wouldn't be who you are. You'd have a totally different character. You'd have a totally different set of values. So things generally do depend on your parents, on who raised you, on, on, on the teachers and the mentors that you had in life. 
So some of it can be bad luck and you can't really help it. But the main thing is, is that we are very um, permeable creatures. We're extremely open to the influence of other people. And this is wired into our nature for various reasons that I could go into and I explain in the book why this happened. Mm -hmm. And so depending on the people you're around, that will definitely form your personality and, and change your behavior. And it is something you can control. Talk about the extent to which the reverse of all this is true, that positive behavior, that, that, that noble activity is also sometimes hardwired into us. And those are things we can look for in people. Well, yes, um, it's not all negative. I mean, obviously, we're extremely powerful. Uh, we're the most powerful animal on the planet. We're technologically incredibly sophisticated. Um, and we didn't get there just through um, dark, negative, primitive qualities. We have incredible capacity for empathy, for understanding the emotions of other people, for working with others and cooperating. And so in my book, I, I give 18 chapters on 18 different kind of dark streaks in human nature that are wired into us that we're not really aware of and that determine a lot of our behavior. And the idea in the book is by becoming aware of these factors, you can begin to turn them around and turn something potentially negative into something very positive and productive so that we can use our human nature for very, for, for very productive purposes. So, for instance, um, I have a chapter on narcissism and self-absorption and how so much of our Energy goes into loving ourselves and our own ideas and our own values. And I want you to transform that energy into other people, into using that, that kind of energy that we have, where we're continually withdrawing and absorbed into ourselves, into being fascinated with pe the people around you, fascinated by their stories, by who they are, and to try to put yourself in their shoes, which is a unique human quality. And it's probably the most powerful social tool that you possess the skill that you can empathize with people and understand where they're coming from. So that gives you the, the ability to work with them on a higher level, to influence them on a higher level, etc. I talk in the book about envy and how we're prone to continually comparing ourselves to other people and how that can turn into negative behavior. Being aware of it, you can then turn envy into something positive. Instead of maybe sabotaging someone out of envy, you can emulate people who have more than you. It can be a spur to you to try harder to become better at what you do. Instead of envying them, you try to become to be on their level. Instead of comparing yourself to people who have more and feeling bad and envying them, you compare yourself to people who have less and feel grateful for what you have, etc. So all of these qualities that I talk about in the book have the potential for something very positive, and that's how I end each chapter. Mm -hmm. Why is it that, that these traits sometimes permeate entire communities, that you see communities sometimes where this toxicity becomes pervasive in a community, and, and obviously the reverse is sometimes true as well? To, to what extent do we influence others when, when this, this reaches a kind of critical mass in a particular community? Well, you know, I've... I've um worked as a consultant with many different businesses. And what often strikes me is I go to a place like Microsoft, or I go to a place like Google, or I go to the offices at Facebook, et cetera, um, how everybody seems to be kind of similar there. These can be thousands of people. 
they sort of dress similarly. They kind of have similar ways of behaving. They have similar values. There's this kind of air that the spirit that permeates the place. And that's because when you put a group of three people together, they start imitating each other. They start unconsciously absorbing the energy, the spirit, the ideas, the people around them. You put 10 people together and it gets stronger. You put a thousand people together and it creates a kind of a culture. And that culture, it all kind of flows from the top, from the leadership. So a Bill Gates creates a very different kind of environment than the people at Google, which is a lot looser, you know. And so you have places where there's incredible toxic environments, where the leadership is, is sort of disorganized where it all kind of revolves around pleasing the people who are in power and playing political games. And it's not about getting work done, but it's about, you know, playing these games and cozying up to those who, who have positions of power. And this kind of toxicity gets worse and worse and worse. Whereas if you have the other kind of environment where a leader is, is talking about, let's get things done. I don't care about these political games. I'm out there working harder than everybody you know, I'm leading from the front. I'm setting the right example. I value your input, your creativity, but let's go ahead and get work done. It creates a much different effect. And the reason is we humans are extremely vulnerable to the emotions um, of, of the people around us. And this evolved for a very evolutionary, powerful reason. It allowed us to survive in a very dangerous environment before the invention of language or we could communicate to each other through our emotions. And if one person felt fear, the band of 30 people could feel fear and react quickly as one group. But these kind of factors can be very difficult and toxic in our modern world, where it's very hard for us to step outside of ourselves and control that emotional response and realize that a lot of our behavior is we're conforming to the group spirit instead of actually reasoning and thinking on our own. Have we reached a point where there's kind of a disconnect in that our evolutionary behavior, some of the things that we're talking about, these laws of human nature, don't change very quickly, and yet the broader societal landscape is changing so rapidly these days? Yeah, I think you put your finger on it. I think that's a very important point. I mean, the qualities that, it, that we uh, inherited, and understand that the human brain assumed the size and structure that it had 300,000 years ago, some 250,000 years or so before the invention of language. So a lot of this is wired into us when we were living in the savannas of Africa and we were responding to dangers such as leopards and hunting in groups. And it has absolutely zero relevance to living in, working in the 21st century. I mean, wired into our nature is an incredible fear of snakes, for instance. And people these days will have that response right now, even though snakes aren't really something that we have to be afraid of in our environments. So there are parts of our nature that go back so deeply that we can't even, we're not even aware of and that control a lot of our behavior. And they can't be changed overnight. You can't rewire yourself in the, in the course of your own you know, 80 years of existence. And a lot of these qualities are not adapted to the world that we live in now. That's causing a lot of our problems. And so my book is designed to make us aware of the fact that these are patterns of behavior that are, that are kind of determining 
so much of what we do in life. And if we can be aware of them, then we can have, begin to have a degree of control over these, these forms of behavior that can be very destructive. So just to give you an example, um, the idea that we're, um, that we're the global warming and climate change and, our, and the depredations of the environment, this is not a new phenomenon. This goes back hundreds of thousands of years ago. Our ancestors were arriving on a new island, such as New Zealand, and eating their way through the population, just, just putting all kinds of animals extinct, tearing down trees, tearing down the landscape, and creating all kinds of problems. So there's something in human nature that causes us not to think ahead and not to you know, control these impulses that we have. Will we ever get to a point where we have better control and better insight in, into who we are and how these things operate within us? Well, I don't have the answer to that. If I did, I would be an absolute billionaire genius. Um, I, can't see the, I can't see the future, but I can say that if we don't, if we don't become more aware of the fact and come to terms with the fact that we are a very aggressive animal, have very aggressive impulses as one aspect in, that I talk about in the book, then we are doomed. Then, then we have terrible problems because we're in deep denial. We've all met people who are in deep denial individually of who they are. They pretend to be someone and they're not aware of the fact that they're actually someone else. They think that there's some great genius in their own mind and that everything they do is wonderful, but we know for a fact that that's not true. There's a tremendous discrepancy. And that discrepancy causes them all kinds of problems in life because they're delusional. Whereas, well, as a species, we can be delusional. We can think that we are these kind of angelic, sophisticated, technologically savvy creatures of the 21st century. But we're in denial of these very primitive, primal parts of our nature that are determining so much of our behavior that we cannot control. To the extent that we study other species and their behaviors, their instinctive behaviors, their primordial behavior, how much does that help us understand this? Well, the main study, I think, is of primates, because they are by far our closest relatives. And so uh, I used a lot of, my books are heavily researched, and I go deeply into neuroscience, but one thing I went very much into was primatology, and the study of chimpanzee behavior, for instance, because chimpanzees are by far our closest relative. And it has a lot to reveal of us because our DNA is, is most similar to them. Um, and you, you find all kinds of very interesting things when you study pr chimpanzees. For instance, um, envy is a problem among chimps. If one chimp seems to have a better piece of, of meat or food than the other, then, then the group will get very upset and they'll start acting against him or her. They, they envy the, the superior um, food or gift that the, that the one chimp has. This has been demonstrated in studies that chimps feel envy. They also are, are deceptive. Chimpanzees know how to deceive. One person um, classified them as the Machiavellian animal, and that's certainly what we are, we're the Machiavellian animal. And chimpanzees are very adept at deceiving one another. On and on and on, you can see patterns of behavior that we share because they are a social animal um, that, that reveal a lot about who we are. So, yes, there's a lot that we can learn from, from particularly studies of primates. 
Of course, the one thing that we have that they don't is the degree of stress that's put on us as a result of our environment. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. And uh, we're not really um, wired to handle the, the stresses of 21st century life. The, the toolbox that we were given with our brains and our nature and our neurological system are necessarily built for handling a lot of the pressures that we're going under. I mean, one thing for sure is that we are an intensely social animal, just like chimpanzees are, but we are to even a higher extent. And when you build in a lot of loneliness as occurs in our culture for various reasons, because of technology, because of the work world, where we're, so many of us don't have those kind of rich social relationships that we were built for, all kinds of terrible, terrible problems ensue, and we see that in our culture where suicide rates are skyrocketing, where addiction to drugs, to opioids is, is skyrocketing. I'm not saying it only stems from this, but the fact that we don't have a culture where we feel cohesive, where we feel that we're connected to a community, etc., is something that the human deeply, deeply need. And when we don't have it, it causes all kinds of very destructive and negative forms of behavior. Robert Greene, his new book is The Laws of Human Nature. Robert, I thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me, Jeff. My pleasure. Thank you.